Chapter Twenty of the Campfire Girls Amid the Snows. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Chad Horner from Ballyclare. The Campfire Girls Amid the Snows by Margaret Vandercook. Chapter Twenty: The Explanation. However, it only turned out to be Rose Dyer looking unusually flushed and excited who kissed betty rather tremendously and then sat down as though she were out of breath i was afraid i would be late was her explanation an instant later there was another ring at the bell and on this second occasion miss mccurtry and her crippen entered together betty considered that miss mccurtry looked a little bit agitated but not remarkably so just enough if she were really about to announce her engagement but her crippen unhappy man was this the way that love affected the emotional german temperament his face which was ordinarily pale enough was to-day like chalk his red hair was moist upon his high forehead and his big hands cold as he shook hands with his hostess then the little company arranged themselves in chairs before the glowing fire and remained perfectly silent why on earth didn't someone speak it was her own home and betty felt that upon herself devolved the duties of a hostess and yet so plainly in the present instance did it seem to her to be her place to say nothing until her older guests offered some explanation for their presence where is esther miss mccurtry finally asked and feeling grateful at having something to do which permitted even an instant's escape from the frozen stillness of the room betty jumped up announcing hurriedly i will get her myself esther isn't feeling very well or she would have been down before she is upstairs in her own room then before she could get away there was an unmistakable sound of someone approaching and the next moment esther clark joined her friends she had washed her face and smoothed her hair but there were still plain traces of recent tears about her and yet no one of the company appeared surprised when betty had taken her place before the fire again esther sat down on a stool near her and not seeming to care in the least about the near presence of other people took one of betty's hands in hers as though she were clinging to it for encouragement and support will you please tell the whole story as slowly and as clearly as you can her Crippen? Esther then asked. Miss McCurtry and Miss Dyer both understand about it in a measure, but it will be an entire surprise to Miss Ashton. In utter amazement, Betty, entirely forgetting her manners, now proceeded to stare from one face to other of her guests. Was this the way to announce a betrothal? And besides, what could Esther know of the relation between her music teacher and their first campfire guardian? Had she not been as much mystified as the rest of them? Her crepin, clearing his throat, jumped up from his chair and began striding rapidly up and down the length of the great room, talking so rapidly and under the pressure of such great excitement that Betty had almost to strain her ears to catch the real drift of what he was saying. I have told you before, I have lived one other time in woodford fourteen fifteen year ago 
but i have not said for how long i am here nor why i went away he began hastily i have a beautiful wife an american woman she was not well and we came here to your crystal hill country with our babies that she might recover but she recovered not instead she was ill so long a time until at last she was told dead he corrected himself wiping the moisture from his brow with a big pocket handkerchief then i am poor very poor i have spent so much time nursing her and have two babies left who must be looked after i try then to get music pupils but i have not much heart besides are not the babies always there to be kept out of mischief so where is the time i can work i must go away there is nothing else and how can i carry the little ones one under each arm no i must leave my children behind esther's blue eyes were gazing steadfastly down at the oriental rug at her feet but betty's cheeks were burning with interest and her grey eyes followed the speaker as eagerly as her ears heard him there is a great house here for little ones i am told an orphan's home they call it are not my babies orphans with no mother and a father that has not even food to give them in a flash betty's arms were about esther's neck and she was drawing her toward her with an affectionate understanding she had verily ever before shown her you need not explain any more her crepin if the others already know betty ashton interrupted for i think i understand what you are intending to tell me you left your children at woodford orphan asylum and esther is your daughter so after all these years have passed you come back to find her it is very very strange i can't quite realize it all yet and here is esther not looking in the least like a german but inheriting your musical talent although with her it has taken the form of a wonderful voice betty stopped talking at last to gaze into the fire to overcome with the surprising mysteries of life to say anything more for the present an apparent relief showed itself in the faces of everybody present her crepin sat down again and esther left her place for a chair next his aren't we going to have some tea betty dear now our surprise party is over rose dyer inquired so that betty came back to herself with a start and crossing the room rang the bell the next instant she paused in front of esther and her father it was odd that no one had ever thought of it but there was a kind of likeness between the man and girl the same red hair and paleness the same nervous manner although esther was far more attractive looking and had learned a great deal more self-control this afternoon there was an added dignity about esther even a nobility which showed itself in her quiet pose of her head in the firm lines about her always handsome mouth looking at her friend betty ashton's eyes filled suddenly with tears for in this moment she was feeling a deeper a sincerer affection for her than at any time since her acquaintance but you won't be taking esther away from me herr crepin betty suddenly pleaded she has been a kind of foster sister to me for almost a year and i should be so dreadfully lonely here in this big house without her after the closing of our camp she has already taught me such a number of things i don't suppose she can even dream how many can't you just let her live on with me and come and see her whenever you like which question showed 
that betty ashton did not realize the circumstances ever could seriously interfere with her dearest wishes but the german violinist while he held his daughter's hand clasped tight in his slowly shook his head for a little while yes he agreed but after that my esther she must go away from woodford she has ein grosser talent than you her friends who do not understand music can know she must study much she must do all that i have failed to do i have a little money it is enough for the start after that but i shall not wish ever to leave betty or you esther here interrupted quietly i am not ambitious i can learn all i shall need to know to earn my living here at woodford it was hardly the time for argument as each member of the little company realized unfortunately at this moment the tea tray made its arrival so that betty and esther were both busy in supplying the wants of their few guests however when betty had secured her own cup of tea she brought up a tiny table and placed it between the german professor and herself there had not been much time for thought but in a vague way betty felt that she wanted to make reparation both to her friend and Herr Crippen for any foolish joking which she had done at the man's expense. Really, he was not so bad. Now one realized how many misfortunes he had passed through, although he could not have had much strength of character, or he would never have let anything persuade him to desert his children. You will go with Esther when she has to leave Woodford, Betty inquired softly, not wishing that anyone else should overhear. Of course, when the time comes, it wouldn't be fair for me to stand in her way, no matter how much we care for one another. But Esther would be far too timid to go alone. Herr Crippen shook his head violently. I cannot leave this neighborhood. Nothing can make me until I have accomplished all my purpose. No objections, no arguments. He spoke with such anger that Betty stared in a complete state of mystification. Herr Crippen's voice was not lowered. He gazed with apparent fierceness at Miss McCurtry, whom Betty had supposed until very recently to be the object of his ardent affections. I tell you, I leave behind two children's, he went on. The one I have found, the other the superintendent at the asylum. My friends, no one will tell me where my older child is. Adopted, they tell me taken away from here i have no more a legal right i should only make unhappiness should i demand my little baby back again you promised me you would not talk of this father esther began in a pleading tone you promised me that if i would forget all your past neglect you would find your happiness in me but betty had risen to her feet and stood frowning with unconscious earnestness at the tall man if your son has been adopted by people who love him and whom he loves and thinks are his parents, then I don't think you have the least right to interfere, her Kreplin. You went away and left him when he was a little baby, to almost any kind of fate. Now you expect him to give up everything and everybody and come back to you, a perfect stranger. I am sure if I were in his place, I should love my adopted parents whom I had always believed to be my own, far better than I could ever care for you. The big German dropped his head on his chest. Rose and Miss McCurtry got up quickly. 
come girls we must be getting back home to the cabin or the other girls will believe we are lost run away betty you and esther and get your coats and hats but when the five people were leaving the big house together betty waited behind for a moment i hope i didn't hurt your feelings about your son her professor she apologized i i didn't intend to be rude and i should think just finding a wonderful daughter like esther might make one happy enough her crippen opened his mouth intending to say something but evidently changed his mind as to what it should be you are a very good little lady whom i have heard your friends call princess and i have no doubt that what you before said to me is most true End of chapter 20 Recording by Chad Horner from Ballyclare